listening to Country Life with Keith Fahey on Galway Bay FM. Good evening, I'm Keith Fahey and welcome to this week's edition of Country Life. On the show this week, we'll be talking to Tommy Cox, a Chagas Dairy B500 campaign advisor. We'll also have Aidan Brennan from the Irish Farmers Journal on the Dairy Day that's coming up this Thursday. We're also joined by Kira Lynch from Dairy Women Ireland on the second annual conference on the 25th of November this Saturday. And we'll also have Liam Rabbit from the Turlockmore GA Club on the upcoming Tractor on the Tapning. Plus, we'll have any latest from Mart reports and on farming news from across the county. And as always, if you'd like to contact the show, please don't hesitate and contact contact me at countrylife at galwaybfm.ie so that's countrylife at galwaybfm.ie if you have any queries or topics you'd like covered uh, please don't hesitate to give me an email on the, those details so looking at some cattle mart reports this week looking at Tume Mart on yesterday Monday gone by some sample cow, cow prices from Tume an 830 kilo Charlie Cross cow came into 2050 or 247 a kilo a 900 kilo limousine Cross cow at 2240 some sample heifer prices from Tume yesterday was a five. 50 kilo limousine heifer at 16.40 or 2.98 a kilo, a 4.95 uh, limousine cross met 14.50, a 4.70 kilo Aberdeen Angus cross heifer met 1.240 euro or 2.64 a kilo. Looking on to some sample bullock prices there, a Parthenay's cross at 3.85 kilo sold for 1.100 or 2.86. Some sample weaning heifer prices at 2.50 kilo cemental cross sold for 6.50 or 2.60 a kilo, a 3.35 kilo limousine cross heifer met 9.70 or 2.90 a kilo. Looking at some sample weaning bull prices, a 2.80 kilo Lair Cross made 800 or 286 a kilo. A 295 kilo Shirley Cross made 1,040 or 353 a kilo. And bookings and inquiries can be got on all, as always for Tum on 093. 093- Two four three five three. Looking at Mount Bellew cattle mart sale on Friday gone by, increased number of cattle on offer this week compared to the previous week. There was a strong demand for store cattle with the complete clearance of store heifers, um, and no, and the same for whaling heifers. Bull whalings were a good trade. There were fewer fewer cows entered this week, uh, but were also a good trade. Some sample prices from Mount Bellew mart gone by on Friday gone by. Uh, Seven twenty five kilo Belgian blue met fourteen thirty or one ninety seven a kilo. A bel- uh, blonde Aquitaine cross cow met seven. 40 or 13.30 kilo. Uh, some store heifers, a Charlie Cross at 4.95 kilo, so for 12.90. Store bullocks, one Aberdeen Angus bullock at 4.90, met 990 euro. Looking at some whaling heifers, one Charlie Cross whaling heifer at 3.25 kilo, so for 8.90 or 2.74 kilo. Looking at some whaling bulls, a limousine bull whaling 3.55 kilo, so for 1,080. Cattle sales every Friday evening at 6 pm, gates open at 4 pm. This Friday, the 24th, a special show on sale of traditional breeds in conjunction with their usual sale. Mar- cheap sale on Saturday the 18th of November smaller sale this week, factory lambs similar in price to the previous week if anything a better trade and store lambs were also a steady trade, stagios remain similar to the previous week, some sample prices included uh, 7 new lambs at 54.2 kilo selling for 168 15 weather lambs at 38 kilo sold for 108, 1 ram lamb at 48 kilo sold for 142 looking at some stagios, 10 yos at 87 kilo sold for 130 12 yos at 75 uh, kilo sold for 92, looking at some breeding sheep there, a small turnout of breeding sheep. How did Hoggett made from 140 to 150? First crop your range from 130 to 170. The sheep sale is on every Saturday from at 10 a.m. in person or online with the Mart I app in two rings and the gates open at 8 a.m. Cattle sales every Friday evening at 6 p.m. and more information can be got at www.mountbellew.ie or you can ring them on 090-967-9660. So moving on to Loch Ray Mart, sheep with good numbers on offer with 412 sheep out for sale uh, last week. Lambs were in a good demand with butchers and factory agents eager for the heavier lamb. Prices averaged from 260 to 290 with some pins breaking the 3 euro per kilo bracket. 
reaching to tops of 310. Tops for lambs were 160 for a 52.3 kilo, 93 euro for a 32 kilo, and the demand wasn't as hot for colios, but still a 98% clearance was achieved. 86 kilos, 125 euro, and 92 kilos sold for 137 euro. Weanlings, a similar number on offer with mostly bulls on offer this week, a 95% clearance overall. Weanling heifers were a flying trade with prices averaging from 250 to 361. Two limousines at 210 sold for 650 or 310 a kilo. A Charlie at 220 kilos sold for 720. And the final weaning sale of the season is this Friday, the 24th of November. Weanlings will be sold on Saturdays after this date, thanks to all who supported the weaning sales this season. Uh, cattle were a good sale uh, on Saturday with plenty of demand all around, with the 98% clearance achieved. Slightly less cows than after this week, but great demand for beef cows from factory agents. So, first up on Country Life this evening, we're delighted to have Aidan Brennan, dairy editor with the Irish Farmers Journal. Uh, Aidan, you're very welcome on to Country Life. Uh, you have a big dairy day coming up this Thursday. Yes, Keith, yeah. So, all, all dairy farmers and, and industry people from across the country are going to attend the Queeve this Thursday, the 23rd of November. Um, look, it's a, it's a great day out, I suppose. We're, we're, it's a combination of trade stands. So, we've over 70 trade stands. And we also have uh, talks going on throughout the day based on two stages. So at any one time, there's at least two sessions going on and they're running from half nine in the morning until half three in the afternoon. So, OK, it's an action-packed day for, for dairy farmers. OK, very good. And where is it on? Um, uh, what location and maybe what times? Yeah, so Porky Creeve in Cork, I suppose, is better known as a GAA stadium, but we're turning it into a, a, a farmer's hub on, on Thursday. Uh, it's it's the first time we've ever held an agricultural event in Porky Creeve. It's you know, it's the redeveloped grounds there where, where Cork GA play. Um, it's it's on from the gates open at nine a.m. Uh, it'll run until five o'clock, and um, there's a free parking for everyone uh, down at, at the venue. Um, and and it's it's more or less free for everyone to attend who who buy and read the Farmers Journal. There's um, and all our subs- subscribers get a free ticket. And anyone who buys the paper every week can collect three. Good afternoon. Tokens, our top stories at four. Israel well. could be on. Okay, okay. And can you tell us uh, maybe a little bit, you said there's two different stages there. Um, in what way uh, is it going to work in relation to the two different stages? Yeah, so there's a stage on every level, on every floor in, in, within the stadium, and um, they're, they're running the, the whole time. I mean, farmers will be familiar with the layout of sports from previous dairy days that we've held, and um, it basically means that farmers can pick and choose what sessions they want to hear, or as they can walk around uh, and in between the different trade stands. So we're running like talks based on topics such as cutting costs, which is always topical for farmers. Um, and the other one, I suppose, that's really of, of note at the moment is nitrates. So we've got two farmers. One is a, is a higher input farmer who's in the top band for nitrates. The other one is in the middle band for nitrates. And we're using them as case studies to show what impact the changes to nitrates has on their farm and what mitigation strategies they can take on board in order to, um, to, to get over the, the nitrates issue. And we're also looking at milk price, which is very topical for, for, for all dairy farmers as well. So we've Bernard Condon, he's um, global head of ingredients with our NUA. He's going to speak on the outlook for milk price, as is David Kennedy from Boardbia, head of dairy at Boardbia. So that's just a flavour of some of the talks we're doing. Uh, we looked at plenty more, such as family farming, um, assessing investment decisions on dairy farms and uh, career paths for new starters in the dairy sector. Okay, very good. And maybe just to mention a little bit there on the milk price, uh, Aidan, you know, a massive difference uh, this year, this time last year, uh, in terms of price. I suppose you could be talking maybe of uh, northward of 30 cent a difference per litre in prices, maybe compared week on week last year. 
Absolutely, yeah. So we're down about 40% in milk price compared to where we, where we were. Uh, it's a substantial difference, and, and farmers are really seeing it in the bank, in the bank, um, the, 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 the statements and the, the milk checks that are coming through in the last week or so. I suppose there's another big impact as well in terms of you know the, the, the size of the milk statements this month, the milk checks, milk payments, and that's to do with um, the volume of milk being sold as well. We're seeing a big reduction in supplies on farms, mostly because the weather has been so bad over the last uh, three or four months, like really since July, weather has been has been abysmal, and that's really impacting a milk yield per cow. So we're seeing supplies back and milk price back means that, um, the milk payments to farmers are much less. As a result, profitability this year is going to be way lower than it was last year. Do you think that the nitrates um, is having much of an issue with uh, the um, with say stocks being back? Maybe are are farmers maybe culling more cows or sending more cows to the factory or maybe to the marts at the minute? There is probably an element of that. Uh, banding may have kicked in there to have that impact, but in real terms, the reduction from the 250 kilos of N, the, the, the limit that's being set on stocking rate, that's not kicking in until next January for most farmers. So um, you're not really going to see that until next year, I'd say. But look, there is probably an element definitely of farmers preparing for that to happen. Um, but I would say the main redu- reason for the reduction in, 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 in volume going into the crops is mostly because of the weather, and the fact farmers are either gone once a day or they're drying off more cows earlier because there's no profit in them at the moment to produce milk, particularly where they're housed fully. Um, and when cows are, are coming off grass and, and on an all-silage diet and meal, it's a very expensive diet to begin with, but also cows don't milk as well. So that's kind of the main reason, I would say, rather than just nitrate for the lower volume of milk being produced at the moment. Okay, you also mentioned banding there. You might just explain to our listeners, maybe anyone that might be unaware of the term, what does uh, banding actually mean, Aidan? So banding, when it comes to nitrates, it means that every um, herd of cows is is assigned to one of three bands based on their milk yield. So you've got herds that are producing less than 4,500 kilos of milk per year uh, are assigned 80 kilos of nitrogen per cow per year, while those in the middle band, which is between 4,500 litres and 6,500 litres, they're deemed to produce 92 kilograms of nitrogen per cow per year, whereas the higher yielding herds over 6,500 litres produce 106 kilos of N per hectare per year. Now, farmers are limited in how many kilos of N they're allowed to have per hectare. 170 kilos is the limit for farmers, but there is this thing which, which, is, <laughs> which most farmers are well aware of at the moment called the derogation. And that allows farmers to exceed that 170 kilograms and go up to a maximum of 250 kilograms. But what we're seeing the government do now, uh, led by the European Commission, is reduce that 250 kilogram limit back to 220 kilograms. And that's going to have an impact on farmers that are above 220 currently, because they need to find additional land in order to dilute their nitrates over a larger area, or else reduce their cow numbers, which would mean they're producing less nitrates per hectare and they might be down under the 220 kilo limit as well. So that's what banding does. It assigns um, nitrogen excretion rates based on milk yields because the more milk is produced, the more nitrates is produced. That's what the sign says. It's a massive jump, isn't it, for, we'll say, farmers in the over 6,500 litres uh, a year. You know, maybe they were in around the 85 there a year or two ago or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, like you're talking almost 20% there, Aidan, of a, of a jump like... Yeah, it's, it's huge. It's a massive transition. And, and what we're seeing as well on those farms that are in the top band, you know, anecdotal evidence would suggest that more of those farmers are also the smaller herd owners. So they're lower than average herd size. 
they've got more fragmented holdings and um, they're more exposed to these changes. You know, they're higher stocked as, as a result of that and they're more exposed to these changes in terms of nitrates. So it, it does have a disproportionate impact on, on those farmers in the, in the 106 kilogram, the top band um, category. So yes, definitely. Now look, you know, the, the, the question needs to be asked is, are there ways that those farmers can get back into the middle band? Because that could have a big impact on them. Um, and there's, a, of course, then there's other farmers saying, well, I mean, I'm in the top band and I want to drive on and produce more, more milk because there's no upper limit to be in the top band currently. So farmers have a decision to make there that are in those top bands. Okay, we obviously it's a spring system predominantly in in Ireland, uh, Aidan. You know, a lot of the cows at the minute are probably you know reducing or maybe you know yields have dropped off significantly. Or with a lot of cows have been dried across the country as well, obviously. But can you explain a little bit on dry cow therapy? Maybe you know we see a lot of farmers now maybe just using sealers and that. You know how and why can mm. they use that? Yeah, so look, I mean, every cow is dried off every, uh, at, at some stage in the year and, and for spring calving farmers, now is the time of year that that happens because they've had their full production year following the grass growth curve where now housed fully and, and cows are drying off. Um, I suppose the thing at drying off is that it, 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 it prepares cows for the next calving season, so that's the first thing, but it also helps to cure cows that have picked up infection during the dry cow, during the, the milking period. And so the dry cow period has traditionally been a time where farmers would have given an antibiotic dry cow tube and that would have cleared any infection and prevented, you know, the recurrence of any infection during the dry period. So it provided cover for those cows. But I suppose, you know, in, in line of, of, of changes to regulations and stuff based on uh, antimicrobial resistance forming and all the rest, it's now no longer acceptable to be giving antibiotics to a healthy animal. So um, the farmers are, are now obliged to follow this selective dry cow therapy, which means that they can only use antibiotics on the cows that need it. So that's based on milk recording data. And uh, look, it, it, it varies from farm to farm in terms of its risk profile for picking up mastitis and the level of infection within the herd. But I know lots of farmers that are using uh, sealer only, which is non-antibiotic. Uh, it is a sealant that goes up, to, up into the teeth and prevents infection from, from getting into the other on 50, 60, 70, 70% of the cows even getting that level of of of, um, of sealer only which is obviously beneficial um, from a milk quality point of view because it means there's, um, there's, there's, there's less antibiotics being used. Now all farmers, even the ones that use antibiotics, but the cows that use antibiotics, they all adhere to um, the appropriate withdrawal dates post-calving so you can't sell milk for um, four or five days after the cow is calved and they're obviously tested for antibiotics and all the rest, so I wouldn't be worried about residuals. The, more, the, the, the point of it is, I suppose, that it's saving money for the farmer because they're not using or buying antibiotics. Uh, and also, you're not giving antibiotics now to cows that don't eat it, so there's a double benefit there. But I suppose on the risk side of it then, though, Keith, like there is a, a higher risk for those cows that aren't getting an, any antibiotic at drying off, that if they do get infection, you're relying on the cow's own immunity to fight that infection, so you could see elevated levels of, of cell count or, or levels of infection maybe next season if hygiene over the winter period isn't, isn't correct or if the hygiene at drying off isn't correct. So there's a higher risk there. So I would say to farmers that are considering using selective dry cow therapy or sealer only, they need to be ultra careful in terms of hygiene at drying off and, and hygiene then for the winter period, making sure that cubicles are kept clean and dry and disinfected with lime or whatever disinfectant is used on those cubicle beds.
Okay, very good. Some very in, uh, in very good informative uh, information there for farmers in relation to drying off. Uh, maybe lastly, Aidan, you know, obviously a lot of, we've had an awful lot of rain this year, um, especially maybe in the back end and during the summer, obviously, but ground obviously being a lot wetter this year, as you said there, it's a lot costlier for farmers maybe to milk off silage and meal alone. Um, how are farmers faring out in terms of uh, silage quantities this year? And I suppose it's very important for farmers to do, do a fodder budget early. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose it, if you asked me a month or six weeks ago, I'd say very comfortable. Most farmers were, were, were very comfortable with the amount of silage that they have. But now, you know, considering that cows in many parts of the country were housed three and even four weeks earlier than normal, uh, stocks are definitely getting scarcer. And farmers are saying to me that they're they're beginning to move through silage faster than they ever expected uh, to be the case. So definitely doing a fodder budget will create awareness in terms of how much stocks you have. Uh, you can then, you know, work out how many kilos or tons of silage are going to be used on a, on a weekly basis and work out then how much you have for year and whether that means you need to buy an extra silage now is probably a good time to do it rather than waiting until you're, you know, running very scarce on it. Um, but certainly, like, I, I would say that there's probably enough silage in the, in the country, even for a longer, um, a longer, you know, winter than normal, but it might not be all in the right yards. So it's just a case of sourcing additional stocks if needed. And, and, you know, definitely if, if there's any requirement for that, it's better to get it early rather than getting it late because costs will go up the later you leave it. Very good. Aidan, you might just give a plug in the time, date and location um, for the Dairy Day coming up. Yeah, so this Thursday, 23rd of November at Parky Creeve, uh, which is in Cork City, and um, it's starting at 9am. So next up, we're delighted to have Kira Lynch from uh, Dairy Women Ireland. Uh, Kira, you're very welcome on to Country Life. So you're the outgoing chairperson for the last two years. Can you tell us maybe or how did the role go for you? Hi, Keith. Thanks a million for having us. Um, yeah, role went great. It's been busy. It's been a busy two years. So we've kind of gone from nothing to facing into our second conference in what feels like, you know, 20 minutes. <laughs> but yeah, it's been busy. It's been a busy two years. Um, you know, yourself trying to get anything like this off the ground takes a lot more than just an hour a week or an hour a month. So we've been we've been really busy in the background to get everything ready for, for this weekend. Very good. And what is it? What is Dairy Women Ireland for people? Maybe some of our listeners who haven't heard of it. Maybe you might give us maybe a bit of an insight. Yeah, absolutely. So Dairy Women Ireland. So it's an organisation that we kind of brought together just a little over two years ago now, and it's basically an education and support network for women involved in the dairy industry. So whether you are milking cows yourself, whether you milk at the weekends, whether you are involved in the dairy industry, you know, whether you are in sales, in feed in manufacturing and science all of those areas um, we have developed this network um, for people to kind of come together to learn to empower each other and to I suppose give women a voice that sometimes are not really heard <laughs> it's really interesting the higher you go up um, I suppose in kind of some of these dairy industries the, the less women are, are are seen and heard so what we're hoping to do is is give those ladies a voice and kind of bring it bring a network of these women together Okay very good and uh, two year, it's two years now on the go uh, Kira. Exactly, yeah. So probably a little bit over two years. We had our first conference um, kind of this time last year. So this is our, our second our second annual conference and it's taking place this Saturday. Um, it, yeah, so this Saturday, November 25th in the Killashee Hotel. 
Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're looking forward to it. We have some brilliant sponsors. So our gold sponsors this year are Dairy Gold, Tier Lawn and IFA Farm Business Skillness. So a huge thank you to them for their support. Um, and we have a great range of speakers. Um, so we have, who do we have? We have an opening address, first of all, with Anne Fogarty, who is the Dairy Gold Group Company, Group Company Secretary. And then we have a panel discussion with Aidan Brennan, and that is strategically developing your role to fulfil your goals. And that is with the brilliant Elaine and Pat Hickey, who are dairy farmers, as well as Siobhan and Mitchell Hayes, who are more dairy farmers. And Anna Daly will sit on that then from Tier Lawn. Okay, very good. So and then after another... Yeah. Yep. Work away, sorry, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. Keep going. Sorry, yeah, no worries. And then after that session, then we have a fantastic session with Barry Murphy from FDC Accounts, and he'll be going through and um, flexing your accounting and policy options for your dairy business. So if you haven't come across Barry, he is an absolute character, and he is, I suppose, he's every dairy farmer's secret weapon. So that's definitely not one to be missed. Um, and then after that, we have a brilliant session that I don't know if you know Laura Dowling. She's the fabulous pharmacist. So she has a brilliant session on then from quarter past 12. Um, and then after lunch, we have a brilliant, brilliant panel. So we're broken up into three, four different breakout rooms. And um, so there's kind of something for everybody then after lunch. So there's options for, so you're married into a dairy farm. We have a whole session on antimicrobial resistance, which is really, really important for the dairy industry. Um, we have a piece on family farm succession, which again is, I suppose, kind of the, the area that nobody really wants to talk about until they have to talk about it. Um, and then the last piece then is create the life you deserve. So it's all about a life and an empowerment coach. So there really is something for everybody, regardless of what level of farming you're at, whether you're, you know, just at the beginning of your journey or whether you're planning your farm succession. There's something for, for every level. Okay, very good. We actually, um, speaking of antimicrobial resistance, we also um, just, uh, we had Aidan Brennan on the line there just a couple of minutes ago and uh, he was, you know, we were talking about the importance of selective dry, dry cow therapy, milk recording yeah. and, and using those information, you know, to just maybe buy sealers or reduce the overall uh, amount of antibiotics that are being used on far- farm. Absolutely, we're in the middle of that dry off process ourselves <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, so yeah, all too. It's just it's so so important that we all just need to be aware of it and do our bit. Um, you know, it, obviously it, it's it's law now, it's in legislation now, but it is it's something that we all have to be really really conscious of. Um, so yeah, and it's, it's a great session with um, that's Michelle McGrath and Dr. Caroline Garvin from Daffam. So it's just brilliant to kind of have them with us on the day to to go through the importance of it and and, and how to do it as best as possible. Okay, very good. And maybe just for some of our listeners, maybe from non-dairy farms, you might just maybe explain a little bit on the process of drying off cows. Aidan earlier spoke about, you know, how the importance of it and maybe using sealers of that. But, you know, for maybe just give a couple of words there, maybe. So you, you obviously bring the cows in, the cows have reduced in milk yield, obviously. Uh, so the cows are brought in the parlour. Maybe what's next in relation to drying off cows? Yeah, so for us, drying off cows, it's nearly as, you have to be as clean as if you're going in for surgery for us. Um, so what we do is we dry off cows depending on their calving date. So for any non-farming listeners, that's, you know, cows get their maternity leave before they have their calf. So we will bring them in, we'll select them, we'll select who's, who's due to be dried that day, we will have them marked up. So those with a lower cell count, I make out my little list, I'm like Santa with my list. And those who are getting a dry cow tube or an antibiotic, they're marked separately to the ladies who will just be getting a sealant. Um, so sealant is, if you can imagine, it's just a blocker, stops any infection getting in. Um, so any any cow that has a low 
cell count, she will just get a sealer to, perfect any, to, to prevent any germs getting into the teeth canal. Um, and then anything that has a slightly higher cell count, she'll get an antibiotic tube as well as a sealant then to make sure that no, no bugs enter her during the dry cow period. Um, but for us, it is, it is as if she's having surgery, so we'll make sure that everybody is, you know, multiple pairs of gloves that you can rip one off if they get, you know, torn or dirty. Um, we'll have surgical spirits, so we use surgical spirits and cotton wool. Um, and that just kind of really cleans the, the teeth end before you go in with any with any tubes, and then they're sprayed, marked, and we mark them, spray them as red as as red as you can see them from miles away to make sure that they're not mixed with any of the, the milkers. And then they go off. They get they get a special a special diet then as well to make sure then that they're that they're not producing any milk then after after they're dried off. Very good, very good. You know, it's it's a process that I think a lot of non-dairy farmers maybe don't fully maybe understand or may, they may never have witnessed it before. But as you said there, it's, you know, you're nearly talking surgi- sur- surgically in terms of cleanliness. It's vitally important, obviously. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, Absolutely. A, a great description there, Kira. Uh, maybe if you wanted to say maybe how people can get tickets, um, you know, uh, where they can get them and maybe just give a mention again uh, to when it's on and uh, the date and location. Absolutely. So, thanks. So, our conference is taking place this Saturday, the 25th of November, and it's in the beautiful Killashi Hotel. Now, the URL is a bit of a long one, I know. So, take your, get your pens and pencils ready. So, it's www.eventcreate.com forward slash e forward slash Dairy Women Ireland Conference. So, I'll call that out again. It's www.eventcreate.com forward slash e forward slash Dairy Women Ireland Conference. And if you go on to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, um, if you just search Dairy Women Ireland, you will find our social pages there and there'll be a, a link very easily available for, for tickets. So tickets are just €95. Euro. We have a load of spot prizes on the day. We have the most amazing support from different brands across the dairy industry. Um, of course, our gold sponsors are Dairy Gold, Tear Long and IFA Farm Business. So their support has just been huge this year but there's loads and loads of uh, of spot prizes on the day so do make sure that you get your tickets and hopefully we'll see you there on the day in Kilsheet very good. So that's Kira Lynch, um, outgoing chairperson from uh, Dairy Women Ireland. So a, a fantastic event there, brilliant lineup of speakers. Uh, so thanks very much for coming on Country Life, Kira. Thank you so much for having us. Really appreciate it. So next up on Country Life, we're delighted with the famous Liam Rabbit on the line. Liam, also known as Big Guy, <laughs> for anyone around the <laughs> Turlogmore area, knows Liam Big Guy Rabbit. Liam, you're very welcome on to Country Life. You might tell us uh, why you're online. You're you're not going to give us a song or anything. No. Oh, no, not this time. No, maybe after after the tractor on Saturday week. All right, Keith. Um, thanks a million again for having having me on. And uh, it was a quick twelve months since we spoke last last year, but uh, we're back here again, and it's nearly time for Santa Claus. So uh, we're having our annual one, but we're having it early this year instead of the Sunday. We're having it on the Saturday, and we're going down the team of uh, the lights. So it'll be taking it starting at three and taking off around five o'clock, and it's all tractors, trucks, cars, whatever you want to bring, and it's much lights. Uh, as you can get on them and uh, you know we're going to have Santa Claus in the hall again shaking his belly like a big bowl of jelly and we'll have an outdoor or uh, versions in the whole lot so it's going to be a great day very 
Saturday good. week, the second of December. Very good, very good. So it's a the tractor run, and you're starting from the Turlockmore Centre, is it? Yeah. So it's the same route as last year. But last year we had on a Sunday at twelve o'clock, but this year now we're having starters at three and going at five. Registration at three and going at five, and we'd start from the centre over through Lacca, through Turlockmore Village, and up to and across, and then go right there down by Matty Rhines and down as far as Cusson Cross and over Cartmore and down Craigmore and back to the centre again. So same route as last year and just in the whole outline of the parish. So, you know, it should be a great spectacle with uh, all the vehicles lit up and, you know, the year and hopefully the weather will play ball and it'll be, um, it'll be a great sight. We had 120 plus vehicles last year, so we're hoping to even top that. Again. Very good, very good. And what, uh, you also have another number of fundraisers going on as well, uh, Liam. You might tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, the, the yes, uh, thanks, Keith. Yeah, the annual, or the one we launched in July, which is ongoing and will be ongoing, but um, is the 5 for 5. So the, behind that is, it's five pitches for five euros is the, is the plan. And we have, we're doing a big development on the back. We uh, bought some land and we're going to push four more pitches along with our existing pitch. But we'll actually have walkers and a walkway, which is more of a community thing, which starts in, uh, at, you know, they start at Laka, walk over and down around the pitch, you know, and Octo and back again. That'll be around five kilometres. That's a community. That's just a bank club. And uh, that's ongoing. We'll have a pitch up and going by early spring and uh, we'll have the walkway up and going by early spring. It's fully lit in the whole lot. And that's at the moment just kind of running us around three grand a week and see towards the end uh, when we get to the finishing point be even more. So what we're asking people to do is if they can onto our website and sign up for the five for five. So it's five euros a week. It's one less than skinny lashes. You'd be out to see you drinking over in fatties. One less of them. <laughs> and uh, do you know what I mean? Every bit helps and hopefully we get as many people to sign up. We have 1,400 members between Harlan and Africa, and, you know, 80% of them would be underage teams. So, you know what I mean? It, this is for, I'm a firm believer that, you know, it was always a great club, to more before, and it'll be a great club after us, but it's our job. We're caretakers at the moment, and just have it done in, uh, you know, air condition, and that's the plan, and, you know what I mean? We'll get it done, but we'll be said. Very good, very good. So you might just give us the details, the time, and maybe if anyone wants to find out more information there of the event that's coming up. Yeah, no bother. So the, the Saturday week is the, is the main event and it's starting at 3 o'clock in the central Saturday the 2nd of December and it's 3 o'clock there'll be Santa Claus in the hall along with arts and crafts for the kids of the whole lot and um, that'll be starting at 3 we'll start registering the tractors trucks and all the vehicles outside in the car park and there'll be a few of us going around on that there'll also be an outside food area where people can get food and hot drinks and the whole lot so you know it's going to be a fun filled day and you know everyone is welcome and uh, it'll be a great day and we'll great spectacle to see all the lights going over to the village and, and around the parish so more the merrier and you never know there might be a few of the cashel buys in Cambridge and and at the Narai lads and you, <laughs> everyone is welcome even if a lad comes from oh, St. Thomas's welcome. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah everyone is welcome man no no that's that's the great thing about the G. you know what I mean it's always t- hot and heavy on the pitch but you know what I mean I'm, I'm a long time around now I know people from all over the country and my neighbors and the G is great you know what I mean you make friends in every parish and it's all about uh, you know it's the G is all about community so that everyone turn up and you know we'll have a great day 
Very good. So whether you're from Turlock, Cashel, Abbey, even Thomas's or Clifton, everyone is welcome. Anyway, if you have an anthem with four wheels, anthem with four wheels, and money. Me, we'll just bring it. And, and money, and money. <laughs> very good. Thanks very much, Liam. And money, Keith, yeah. Thank you. No bother, Keith. Thanks a million for yourself for having us on again. And no. uh, we'll see you all Saturday week, the 2nd of December. Very good. Thank you, Liam. Bye now. So next up on Country Life, we're delighted to have Tommy Cox, uh, Dairy B 500 advisor. Uh, Tommy, you're very welcome on to Country Life. Maybe you might explain what the Dairy B 500 programme is and maybe what the 500 stands for. Yeah, so look, thanks very much, Keith. Uh, Tommy Cox my name. I'm a Dairy B 500 advisor and I'll be working predominantly in the west and northwest. Yeah, so the Dairy B 500 programme, it's a new programme that was launched by Chagas last year. Um, the aim of the programme is to, I suppose, establish a cohort of possible dairy calf to beef producers. Um, so we're looking to integrate the dairy and beef industry and we're looking to you know, establish a cohort of profitable and environmentally sustainable um, dairy calf to beef producers. What we're targeting, I suppose, across all the farms is, is 500 euros per, per hectare net margin. So that's what the 500 uh, comes into, into play. And look, we have a number of monitor farms right around the country. And the majority of them would be achieving a, a net margin of, of over 500 euros per hectare before any... Um, payments are taken into consideration so look I suppose the fundamentals of, of dairy calf to beef production is, is done well and that's what, what we're trying to get that the messages out there there is there is a profitable enterprise to be to be established Okay and we'll say the, the top performing farmers there on the programme uh, what maybe are you noticing about those are they you know are they stocked higher are they doing maybe rearing calves very well or what do you find that the most profitable yeah. farms or how are they doing it? I suppose. Look, it's, it's, there's probably no one reason you can pinpoint, but it's it's, it's a multitude of factors. I suppose, Keith. Um, you know, they're probably doing a good job on, on the calf rearing process. You know, to have a good herd health plan in place. And probably a crucial, crucial aspect of, of dairy calf to be having a good grassland man- management and, and getting your much of your livestock in from from grassland as, as management as possible. Having good, uh, making good silage, and I suppose that's that's a follow on from from good grassland management and. You know, trying to keep as little, uh, you know, trying to get as much lightweight in from from grass, graded grass, and from grass sides as possible, without inputting too much contracts. But the, I suppose they're the, the key factors: a healthy animal, an animal that's formed, good grassland management, and a good calf rearing phase, and and making that successful transition to grass. You mentioned there a little bit about silage quality. You know, the first winter, I suppose, is a big one where the, where the game is nearly won and lost. Um, you, there's probably a massive variation in relation to silage quality, you know, throughout farms across the country. Uh, maybe how are these farmers making better quality silage? Yeah, so look, I suppose, Keith, you know, the the, the, the silage is in the yard at this stage, is, is in the yard at this stage, but look, you probably would be advising farmers to get, get their silage tested and I suppose see what sort of standards they're making at, but uh, how are they making the better quality size? Look, that starts probably next spring. You know, trying to get your 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 silage uh, swart set up. You know, trying to graze off any dead material. Ensure you're starting with a nice, clean, fresh uh, base of grass, and then fertilising it accordingly. And you know, cutting it cutting it before the grass starts to go to them before the twentieth of May or so. Okay. Um, are most of the cattle housed at the minute in the program, or how are cat- how are farmers yeah. going at the minute? Locus uh, animal would have had moved into houses uh, a lot earlier this year than they would have previous year. You know, probably housing took place in some farms maybe from as, as early back as, as September, depending on on their location. But housing has taken place right throughout the, the country and 
on all the farms at this stage, you know, it does persistent. Probably we're waiting for the cold weather to come in October and, and November, and unfortunately it hasn't come. So whatever bit of grass is there on farm, it, it, it's probably going to have to remain over the winter, and, uh, and hopefully we'll get back out next next uh, next spring early and get a great off. Okay, what's happening at the minute, we'll say, on Dairy B 500 farms? I'd imagine there's a lot of cattle being sent to the factory at the minute. Yeah, look, uh, on some farms there will be cattle sent into the factory and they're headed to the factory, I suppose, any farmers that uh, that will be looking to finish their, their animals in around 20 months or so. Um, but the farmers, though, they will be looking to, they will be finishing the animals at the moment. Other farmers then that we operate more of a 24-month system, they would be just gradually building their animals up to building nutrition up in their animals and they would be looking to slaughter their animals um, from till next January, February, March onwards. Okay. Feeding the correct, uh, I suppose, nut or ration, Tommy, is obviously very important, but I suppose, you know, in relation to deciding how much protein or what maybe is in the ration, this all probably comes down to silage analysis results also. Correct, definitely. You hit the nail on the head there, Keith, yeah. So, look, I suppose, um, you know, there's no, there's no, um, you're in, the, you know, you're most certainly in the dark if you haven't got a silage analysis. It's difficult to, you know, to estimate the quality of your silage. Actually, going out, you know, if you, if you bale silage, taking a couple of cores out of a few different bales, you know, it's probably as accurate as possible to get a, a representative sample and sending that off for analysis. There, if you have a couple of different uh, groups of bales, you know, sending them off for analysis is, is crucially, crucially important. And then decide your feeding rate based on the on, on what quality. And so, if that's the I suppose the first step on the ladder is um, testing your silage and then see where you're where you're at and uh, work according to that. And just maybe a little bit in relation relation to housing, Tommy, you know, v- ventilation can be an issue in a lot of sheds where maybe airflow or drafts may be an issue. Um, how are maybe farmers uh, dealing with this or, you know, or a lot of them have they very good or well-ventilated sheds? Yeah, so look, I suppose we had the, there's a big difference between ventilation and, and drafts. You know, what we want is, is the air moving the, above the animals, removing any moisture or any bacteria or any dirt or odors and, and keeping the the, the the airspace above the animals uh, clean and fresh and that'll remove you know a lot of the the viruses and a lot of the a lot of the pathogens that cause cause pneumonia um so that's crucially crucially important whereas the draft you know if you've been drafted directly hitting an animal you know that's that can bring on its own problems so you know what we want or the environment we want is trying to have a, a air moving above animals not not directly at them so Look at some of our farmers would have done modifications to sheds accordingly, and you know it has worked worked quite well. And you know the density money has has most seldom or most certainly decreases that. Okay, maybe a bit on dosing, Tommy. Uh, you know, obviously this time of the year we've seen you know lice will probably be an issue or fluke, or we've probably seen a lot of different. There's probably more. We're at a lot higher risk of uh, maybe worms and fluke this year with the wetter weather. Maybe how, what are farmers doing on the program? Are they fecal egg sampling or what's happening at the minute? Yeah, look, so there would have been fecal egg samples taken and look, at in certain cases, there would have been certain incidents of, of fluke detected, but I suppose a, a fluke fluke won't show up in a in a fecal sample until the, at least the fluke is, is 12 weeks of age, so you have to have adult fluke and, you know, they have to be shedding their eggs, so you're probably talking maybe 14, 13, 14 weeks before liver fluke will actually, you know, so you're probably talking maybe next, nearly next uh, January, February before sh- fluke will show up in a, in a sample, so... Look at what another way to detect the fluke if you're slaughtering cattle at the minute. You'd see you, you 
from from the reports from the the vet reports coming back from the factories if there is, was any presence of, of liver fluke. But look, to be honest with you, Keith, a lot of our farmers would be actually treating for fluke. We're in a particularly wet summer, particularly wet spring, and a particularly wet back in. So we're probably taking the the reports that there is fluke out there. And look, they're probably they're most most likely some of our farmers are, are detecting fluke, and they did detect it throughout the summer. So we'll be implementing a, a dosing program based on that. So. Look, the big thing is to be mindful of it with, with liver fluke is that um, you know the three different stages, and you know certain products will only will only uh, treat the different stages. So animals may need to be housed, you know, depending on the products you're you're using. If you're using a product that only kills mature fluke, they need to be housed up to eight nine weeks. If you're using the product. We seem to have lost Tommy there on the line, but uh, that's Tommy Cox, Dairy Beef Advisor uh, for the Chagas Dairy Beef 500 campaign. So that's it this week from Country Life. We hope you enjoyed the show. I'd like to thank our speakers, Tommy Cox from the Chagas Dairy Beef 500 programme, Aidan Brennan, the editor from the Irish Farmers Journal. Uh, I would also like to thank Kira Lynch from Dairy Women Ireland on their second annual event happening this, uh, their second annual conference on the 25th of November this Saturday, and Liam Rabbit from the Turlockmore Hurling Club on the upcoming tractor run. The IFA would also like to um, make sure that everyone sends back their vote uh, for the ve- voting for the new president and the deputy president. And there are a lot of uh, IFA members. There's a lot of AGMs happening around the country at present. There, so uh, everyone is encouraged there to fill their ballot papers and vote for the the president and the deputy president candidates, and to send their voting uh, their votes back um, uh, via the paper or the addressed envelope there that they would have got there a couple of weeks ago. And we'd also like to w- wish the best of luck uh, to Pat Murphy from County Galway and our Drahan there, who's going for the deputy president uh, candidates. We had um, Pat on there a number of weeks ago, so uh, we'd like to wish Pat all the best uh, for his IFA deputy presidential campaign um, Pat obviously is from Ardrahan there and a suckler a dairy and a beef farmer who has been involved with the IFA for a large number of years there um, in both uh, from county and national level so we'd like to wish Pat all the best uh, he's the only Galway man running uh, for the deputy president and uh, so the best of luck uh, to you Pat so that's it this week from Country Life from me Keith Fahey and all in Galway Bay FM we hope you enjoyed the show and if there are any queries about this week's topics or if indeed you have any questions or anything you'd like covered at all uh, please don't hesitate at all to give me an email at countrylife at galwaybayfm.ie so that's countrylife at galwaybayfm.ie 